On this podcast, we go one step beyond publications and guidelines to speak directly with leading experts in interventional pulmonology. This podcast will address not only fundamental topics in exciting publications, but also unconventional topics for which the evidence base isn't that robust. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speaker and not necessarily endorsed by the AABIP. This is your host, Adit Chadda, an assistant professor at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. And with that, let's dive into the next episode. There are a few studies that have looked at the role of medical thoracoscopy in patients with empyema. Until recently, all were retrospective. And I apologize if I get some of these pronunciations wrong. Uh, the first one was by Brachi. Uh, in CHESS 2005, it was a retrospective case series from 1989 to 2003 from three centers in Europe involving 127 patients with sonographically multiloculated empyema. One third had failed chest tube drainage alone. 49% needed post-medical thoracoscopy fibrinolytic therapy. 1.5% needed further chest tube. 1.5% needed a second medical thoracoscopy. And 6% needed a pleurectomy by a thoracic surgeon. Uh, Ravaglia in Respiration 2012 published a retrospective series from 2005 to 2011, including 41 patients from a single center in Italy. Now, in this study, medical thoracoscopy was considered successful radiologically uh, defined criteria without further intervention being needed in 85.4%. Now, importantly, uh, if you look at those who had a free-flowing effusion, that is nine patients, all nine achieved success. From those who had a multi-loculated empyema, 22 of the 24%, uh, sorry, 22 of the 24 patients had success. And only four of the eight, 50% with an organizing effusion, that is stage three empyema, had success. But 61% also received fibrinolytics in the study. Hardavella in JOBIP 2017 uh, had a retrospective uh, series of 84 patients in which 89% were stage two empyema. Uh, Patients with stage three were directly referred for VATS, and they had an 80% uh, success rate. Uh, That is defined as the need for a second procedure without the need for a second procedure. Now, 4.8% needed a second medical thoracoscopy, while 155 needed VATS. Now, other studies have also been published, including a 16-patient study by Solar in 1997, a 29-patient study in 2014, and there's a subgroup analysis uh, from a study uh, in the Annals of Thoracic Surgery 2010 by thoracic surgeons. Now, all studies look at the rate of avoiding VATs, which is basically around 80 to 90%. However, the same success rate has been, avoided, has been achieved with uh, intrapleural enzyme therapy or intrapleural therapy with TPA and DNAs, uh, as shown in the MIS-2 trial, as well as several other studies, uh, which have clearly established the utility of these two agents in avoiding surgical intervention whether they be administered synchronously or sequentially or once daily or twice daily as rescue therapy or upfront initial therapy or even extended use. So intrapleural enzyme therapy, though, recently was first compared uh, with medical thoracoscopy in a small randomized control trial, which was authored by our two guests tonight. Dr. Fais Khair is an assistant professor of medicine at the Beth Israel Dickiness Medical Center in Boston, 
And Dr. Hiran Mehta is an associate professor of medicine and the program director for interventional pulmonology at the University of Florida. Fez and Hiran, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank, thank you. you for having us. So, Fez, I'll start with you. Do you have any relevant conflicts of interest to disclose? No, I don't. And Hiran? No, not related to the study. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right, Fez, would you mind briefly telling us about this recent uh, randomized trial that you conducted uh, looking at uh, you know, tpADNAs versus medical thoracoscopy? Yeah. As you said in the introduction, there's, so far there's a lack of comparative data between two acceptable modalities for treatment of complicated pleural infection and or empyema, which is medical thoracoscopy, which can be regarded as mechanical adhesiolysis, or intrapleural fibrolytic therapy, which can be regarded as chemical adhesiolysis. So in this study, we did a randomized multicenter control trial comparing the two modalities with a primary outcome will be the length of hospital stay following the intervention and secondary outcome, which was the total length of hospital stay, treatment failure, 30-day mortality, and adverse event. And the conclusion was in, in highly selected patients with a complicated pleural infection and empyema, medical thoracoscopy has decreased the length of hospital stay following the intervention clinically and statistically. statistically as compared to intrapleural fibromatic therapy. There was no difference in treatment failure or adverse event between the two modalities. There was a decrease overall length of hospital stay, which is probably clinically relevant by two and a half days without being statistically significant. Okay, thank you so much. So uh, you said that the length of stay was shorter. Uh, Just out of curiosity, uh, Fez, why did you all choose length of stay as the primary outcome when the two interventions differ in duration? Yes, sure. So let's dissect more into the question. First, the length of stay comparing intrapleural fibrotic therapy or VATS, it's not a new uh, idea. This has been compared before in the pediatric literature in four randomized previous trials. One, uh, uh, and the th- uh, one of them was back in 2006, then 2009, 2011 and 2014, where they compared TPA, urokinase, streptokinase versus early VATS. Mm-hmm. And they chose a primary outcome as the length of a hospital stay from the day of intervention. This is number one. Number mm-hmm. two, the length of hospital stay following intervention will always depend on the clinical improvement of patients. So if patients did not clinically improve, obviously, Whatever intervention you did, it, mean, it, it will unfortunately prolong the, their hospital stay. The third thing is, if you look at the literature you presented before about the medical thoracoscopy, you can say that the hospital length of stay following interventions in the first three uh, trials you mentioned was between seven to eight days. Mm-hmm. In the IPFT data, I can, I'm going to quote two studies. One is the ADAPT trial where the median hospital stay was seven days following the inter- intervention, the first dose. And our previous study back in 2016, where we had 75 patients treated with TPADNAs for pleural infection, mm-hmm. and our hospital stay following intervention is seven days. Mm-hmm. The last thing is, if you, if you call the data, if you exclude the, patient, the missed, two, uh, missed two trial, 
which had a, a protocol of three days of TPA DNAs, mm-hmm. we can see in the literature that the median dose of TPA DNAs needed to have a good treatment success is two to three days. Mm-hmm. While to conclude... Two to three while, doses sometime, right? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, to conclude, while yes, there might be some bias toward medical thoracoscopy, but for the uh, previously mentioned uh, reasons, we did not think that the, uh, the outcome, the primary outcome, it's, it's going to be uh, biased toward medical thoracoscopy versus TPA DNAs. Got it. Thank you so much, Faz. That's very clear. Uh, yeah, so, Kudet, to chime in, yes, I think one of the reasons why we chose hospital length of stay is because, you know, we, there are several outcomes that you can choose. And we know that from the MISH-2 trial that intrapleural fibrinolytics are actually very successful. So if you were to choose treatment success as a primary outcome, we know that intrapleural TPA DNAs from MISH-2 trial is actually very good from a treatment success standpoint. Mm-hmm. However, one of the biggest criticism of MISH-2 trial was a median hospital length of stay, which was, mm-hmm. as you know, between 10 to 14 days. Yes. And so we wanted to show something which is better than what the MISH-2 combination is. And the way we could show it is by showing something which would significantly decrease the length of stay as compared to the MISH-2 cohort. Okay. And so that was one of the thoughts behind choosing length of stay as a primary outcome as well. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Thank you so much. So, Hiren, uh, if you can just tell us, uh, you know, so the use of medical thoracoscopy for MPIMA is not something that is widely practiced. There are select centers uh, with expertise in this, uh, you know, who are... Uh, indulging in this practice. So let me just ask you generally, how does your IP practice work? Is everyone with an MPIMA in your hospital uh, get an IP consult or some get thoracic, some get IP? How does that work? No. So in, in our practice, to answer your question specifically as to how the workflow works when the patients with MPIMA or uh, complicated peroneumonic effusions get admitted, and and I, I realize that all practices are different. In our practice, pulmonary gets consulted on all these patients and we IP automatically gets involved with all these patients. So a vast majority of these patients, the workflow is they get admitted to some form of medicine service and then pulmonary and interventional pulmonary get consulted on this. And does thoracic surgery get consulted by thoracic, interventional pulmonary if yes, need be? Yes, that, that is correct. So thoracic surgery, majority of the times, comes in on the back end. And when we realize that our treatment that we are offering is not working or we realize that likelihood of treatment success is small with mm-hmm. the minimally invasive intervention is when we consult thoracic surgery. Okay, so you are not using a VAT-first approach for that is correct. Okay. That is correct. And here in, uh, sorry, in Fayaz, is it the same at your center? Yes, at Beth Israel, as probably you know, that we are under thoracic surgery, mm-hmm. and every patient with a pleural infection, we get consulted, and as Hiram said, the thoracic surgery will be as a backup if any treatment modality you offer fate. Perfect. And if I may just clarify at both your centers, are you all using intrapleural therapy with TPA DNAs as initial therapy? I, I, that means, you know, you see a patient with MPIMA, irrespective of the sonographic findings, you start TPA DNAs or are you using a rescue therapy? Like, you know, you, 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 you put a chest tube, you do your saline flushes if it's a small bore and you reassess, you know, after a few hours or a day uh, sonographically and clinically. And if there is no improvement, then you do it. Yeah. Um, so in our practice, we do it upfront. So any patient, so not all, as you know, not all peroneumonic effusions, but 
complicated paranormal coefficients and empyema, mm-hmm. um, certainly you have to um, wait for the results and everything to come back to prove that it's a complicated paranormal coefficient. But we don't wait for pigtail to succeed. We just upfront do intraplural fibrinolytics and DNAs. Perfect. And Faiz, is it the same at your center? Yes. Uh, stage two, stage three? Okay. Yes. We do as initial treatment TPA DNA, especially in, in ultrasound proven uh, loculations and um, uh, echogenicity. Yes. Okay. So, you, like Miss Two, you all are doing initial therapy? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, then Faiz, if you may answer this, then what is the role of a medical thoracoscopy? Where does that fit in? So, so uh, for medical thoracoscopy, uh, uh, let me just clarify your question. Are you talking about when do we think about medical thoracoscopy as in initially compared to IPFT? Correct. In your algorithm of treatment, when do you consider medical thoracoscopy? Yes. So, so f- first and foremost, for me- for in order to do a medical thoracoscopy, it, it's operator dependent. So what, what, which means that the operator here has to be more comfortable dealing with a complicated uh, pleural space because this differs completely from going to do a pleurodesis or a pleural biopsy or if, with a patient of undiagnosed exudative pleural effusion. Mm-hmm. So this is number one. Number two, as we mentioned, it, we always, if we prefer to do medical thoracoscopy, we do it early in the disease course rather than late in the disease course. And number three is it depends, as we said before, on the ultrasound. In patients who has loculation, uh, we uh, sometimes we elect to do a medical thoracoscopy as compared to IPFT, and especially in, in, in certain situations. For example, if you if a patient he's uh, is on anticoagulation and his anticoagulation cannot be interrupted for a very long duration. We sometimes offer patients medical thoracoscopy so we can clean up the space and then they can go back on their anticoagulation rather than having to interrupt it or stop it for some time to see if the TPA DNA is, is going to work or not. And when you, just to clarify, when you say you use medical thoracoscopy early, I presume you mean that you're giving a couple of doses of intrapleural fibrinolytic therapy at least and seeing the response to that, which is clinical and radiographic, and then deciding whether or not there is improvement. Actually, yes or no, and no. So, so yes, sometimes we give TPA DNAs, and then we reassess if this is gonna uh, help or not. But however, sometimes we just initially decide to take patients to uh, pleuroscopy, uh, medical thoracoscopy or pleuroscopy for pleural infection in patients who has a complicated paranormonic effusion and uh, 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 like loculations on the ultrasound. The only time that we do not consider a medical thoracoscopy because we know it might have an increased risk of failure is in patients who has a high echogenicity on the ultrasound or a fibrothorax or a very thickened pleura. We know upfront that medical thoracoscopy has a success rate of less than 50%. Mm-hmm. So usually we start TPA DNAs and then we refer them to thoracic surgery afterwards. Okay, and hold on to that thought, Faiz. We'll come back to that. Uh, so Hiran, when you're doing medical thoracoscopy at uh, University of Florida, what is the scope of intervention? What all are you doing? I mean, you're doing a desiolysis, but are you decorticating as well? Can you just tell us, uh, are you putting targeted chest tubes? What all are you doing? Yeah, yeah. So um, just to get you up to speed on what we do at University of Florida is we do a single port medical thoracoscopy mm-hmm. and we do rigid, th- rigid thoracoscopies on all these patients. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we do it do all of them under conscious sedation mm-hmm. and uh, so basically just to get you up to like um just to like systematically go over what we do our approach is once we get the port in certainly we try to suction as much of the complicated infected fluid as we can and try to clean out the space once the space is cleaned out then we start doing the adhesion lysis and we try to do as much as possible the blunt adhesion lysis and for fast correct me if you if i'm wrong and if your practice is different but we try tend not to use uh, scalpels or forceps or scissor, scissors to cut the adhesions but we try to bluntly dissect the adhesions mm-hmm. as much as possible and try to make the space as uniform as we can and um and make sure that our thoracoscope has a good man- maneuverability around the entire pleural space now are you using the scope or are you using a pinat what are you using we, to we use the dissect? we use the scope we use the sometimes the forceps but not for cutting purposes mm-hmm. but just for the bluntly close, dissecting that is correct yes mm-hmm. and once we achieve as much adhesion lysis as possible then we do thoracoscopic guided chest tube placement Mm-hmm. Uh, into the largest locule or the ones that we think need to be drained most and then come out and st- close the case and i so you're not decorticating no we are not decorticating that is correct fast is it the same at your center i totally agree with hiren the goal is not to dissect or or just cut the adhesions the goal is just to free the lung from the all the loculations and try to make the lung free again in order to uh, the lung to inflate again what i will add also we do some biopsies for microbiology i don't know if mm-hmm. you do the same yes thing. that's correct yes we do a, a biopsies for a microbiology because we know there's probably an a hopefully increased targeted therapy with antibiotics if we are able to find out exactly what uh, the culture looks like we also use something called an endokitner device it's like if like it's it's device where you can just uh, uh, remove the adhesions very gently and not cutting them mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the goal is not to remove all the debridement because we know that once the, the your pleural space is free antibiotics will, and and chest tube will eventually get rid of all the debris mm-hmm. perfect thank you so much guys so uh, here and this comes back to a very general you know medical versus surgical approach in all likelihood but what do you think are the advantages of doing medical thoracoscopy uh, compared to a vat so you know i think that's a that's a very good question and and you you probably know and i think it's probably the patient population is probably the same around most of us is that most of our patients who have empyema complicated peritoneal effusions have a lot of underlying pulmonary conditions they their general health is actually not great and so a vast majority of them for vets should be able to tolerate a single lung ventilation which a lot of our patients may not the advantage of medical thoracoscopy is one it's a you you don't in our cases we do it under conscious sedation so you do not need general anesthesia second is that there is no necessity for a single lung ventilation we typically do not intubate them with a double lumen et tube and collapse mm-hmm. one lung so um, they can get away without a single lung ventilation so it's much better tolerated certainly downstream because it's a single port thoracoscopy the pain is better um, and 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 overall if we can show that with a procedure which can be done without having patient to be under general anesthesia and with a single port with less pain 
and have good outcomes. I think those are some of the major advantages for medical thoracoscopy. Mm-hmm. And, and just for the listeners, I'm sure this approach is taken up by these experts because it's a safe approach, right? They don't, they're probably aren't seeing many complications with this. Uh, I'm not, not that I say that I see it, but uh, it's uh, a safe approach. I think that that's what justifies abs- it at least uh, uh, with the available expertise. Absolutely. And as you can see from our study, there were minimal to no complications with medical mm-hmm. thoracoscopy. Absolutely. So Fayez, let's look at the uh, other side of the coin, you know, so let's talk about the limitations of such an approach. Now, you and I know very well that, you know, stage two empyema, the fibropurulent stage, possibly treated well with intrapleural enzyme therapy or fibrinolytics in DNAs uh, and medical thoracoscopy possibly has a role there. But, you know, once you get into stage three, which has an organizing pleural rind, uh, other than decorticating, there's really not going to be much uh, options there. So clinically, this, this uh, you know, the transition zone between stage two, stage three is very gray. Uh, and it's very difficult to, you know, look at the CT scan sometimes and the ultrasound sometimes and predict that this space will not have a pleural rind, though sometimes it's obviously clear. So how often are you having a failed medical thoracoscopy in the sense that you enter the space and you cannot achieve success or it needs, you know, a thoracic surgeon on board to do something more? Yeah. So f- first, if, if on the ultrasound, we have a highly echogenic uh, appearance or a fibrothorax, we definitely uh, consult thoracic surgery and probably like do TPA-DNAs, one to two doses, with, which we know they are going to fail, unfortunately. And then we refer them directly to thoracic surgery. So can you expand that a little bit? What do you mean by echogenic effusion and what sonographic features of fibrothorax are you looking at? Yeah, if, if you look, I don't know if you had the chance to look at the, at the study. We, um, we had a figure where we showed that on, under ultrasound guidance, you mm-hmm. can see that the effusion is really highly echogenic, which means you, you are at the stage of really uh, organizing empyema. Mm-hmm. And we know from that that the the success even with a, a TPA DNAs or thorac- medical thoracoscopy is almost ve- probably le- very minimal or or, or at, at least less than fifty percent the chance. Okay, of if we if you and this is number one. Number two, if we inserted a chest tube, we drained the fluids and the lung did not expand. It means that there is a thick pleural pleural rind. And the success of uh, medic, uh, medical thoracoscopy and or uh, TPA DNA is, is very low. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, the third thing is, if um, if uh, if a patient has hemodynamically unstable due to an ongoing sepsis or chronic pleural empyema, we know that TPA DNA or chest tube or thoracoscopy will not work. These are the cases usually we 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 like to refer direct to thoracic surgery. Mm-hmm early in the disease. Perfect. Thank you so much, Faiz. So, Hiren, what about you? Uh, when do you consider a VATS by a thoracic surgeon? So, like, like I mentioned, like majority of the times, unless it's very obvious up front that, yeah, this patient is going to have a thick pleural rind and this patient has a chronic pleural empyema or has a lung entrapment and um, your medical thoracoscope is not going to work. Um, like you said, majority of the times when these patients come in, it's hard to know and it's hard to know whether this patient's really going to have success or it's not going to work. And so most of the times we don't do VATS up front 
we either pursue medical thoracoscopy or intraoperatory fibrinolytics and at that point once you clear out most of the fluid is that is is when you start realizing that yeah this patient's probably not going to have a good outcome with in, with minimally invasive approaches and will probably need vats and so unless things are very obvious up front i would say that majority of times the vats is a backup got it perfect so, i want to add one more thing i, I, I agree with hiren just want to add one more thing just for the listeners medical thoracoscopy should be regarded as complementary to vats and it does not preclude, preclude patient eventually from going to vats mm-hmm. because medical thoracoscopy can be regarded as mechanical debridement okay so it's especially like for example if you have tpa dna which is a chemical adhesion you will eventually if they are not responding you send patients to vats probably medical thoracoscopy should be regarded as the same thing perfect thank you so much guys this has been fantastic i think uh, i've learned a lot from you guys and i'm sure our listeners will love your pearls of wisdom do you all want to put in any closing comments uh, you know something about the future something you'd like to be studied in more detail uh, piren you want to go first yeah i i mean i think as fayaz and you mentioned this this is a great first step in randomizing patients and studying them head to head um as you all know that there is a lot of questions which are unanswered in the field of pleural space infections mm-hmm. including and and as we have seen different approaches including upfront fibrinolytics versus rescue fibrinolytics in the pleural space once daily versus twice daily fibrinolytics how often to do it how many total doses to do mm-hmm. early thoracoscopy versus early fibrinolytic therapies and so there there are a lot of unanswered questions and i think as a community who take care of these patients all the time i would like to see more and more studies done along the same lines high quality studies randomized studies answering each one of these questions perfect thank you so much rain and what about you fas i agree with her and i think there's too many unanswered questions and uncertainties in the plural diseases as general and the plural infection in particular for example using of steroids in plural infection using or tpa dna we know that the dosages were were chosen empirically is there any other medication or a different dosages that can help medical thoracoscopy early medical early vas or early medical thoracoscopy so there remain so many unanswered questions and the hope that uh, hopefully in the future with all randomized trials these questions should be addressed and answered perfect thank you so much guys this has been very very enjoyable for me to host and i'm sh- i'm sure our listeners will enjoy this as well thank you so much for your time thanks, thanks for having us with that we conclude an exciting episode here on the aabip podcast i hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as i enjoyed hosting it do also check out our website theippodcast.com and please do provide us with feedback and suggestions on what topic and which expert you want to hear next until next time take care